0: Bible prophecy speaks about a new superpower. Is it the United States? Is it Equatorial Guinea? We'll find out on this episode of Inverse.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
0: We're so happy that you decided to join us here at Inverse in our 13 week segment in studying the book of Daniel. We want you to be just as engaged. If you visit InverseBible.org, you can see our Bible study guides online. And in the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at the characteristics of God's last-day people. Starting last week, and then this week, we're engaged in the actual Bible prophecies themselves. Last week, we looked at Daniel chapter two, an awesome study. If you missed it, turn this off and go back to last episode. Okay. Uh, but if you already lo- watched it, we're going to go into Daniel chapter seven, which is a parallel, repeat, and large version. But we're going to get into a lot more. And as I mentioned, we're going to look at this new superpower that emerges. And uh, for sure, I don't think it's going to be Equatorial Guinea here, but uh, if you guys know where that is on the map, uh, kudos to you. Let's go to Daniel chapter 7, and Israel, can you pray for us? Sure.
2: Father in heaven, please bless us as we study your word today. Give us your spirit to enlighten our minds, touch our hearts, teach us how to find Christ in everything that we read and say. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow.
0: Amen. Siku, let's go to Daniel chapter 7, verse 1. Right. And (laughs) onwards.
1: it says in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea and four beasts and four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second, like a bear, was, it was raised up on one side, had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and the mouth speaking pompous words.
0: Okay, we'll stop there. Jonathan, can you give us some insight into uh, Daniel chapter 7? In Mm -hmm. a sense, give us a review of what we did last week uh, on Daniel chapter 2.
3: Yeah, uh, you're kind of already alluding here to uh, the fact that this is uh, a principle we see in the Bible of repeat and enlarging Bible prophecy. Mm -hmm. So, while Daniel chapter 2 was, uh, so to say, world history and prophecy uh, 1.0, this is 2.0. We're getting more information this time, more detail. Mm -hmm. And so, the Uh, The beasts that we see here, the four beasts in this vision that Daniel receives, are a um, a more detailed representation of what we learn in Daniel chapter 2 with the medals. Mm -hmm. We saw there, uh, there's a progression of world history as God uh, gives it to us in prophecy of Babylon with a head of gold. And then it continues with Medo-Persia, Greece, uh, Rome, and then the divided nations. Mm -hmm. And then the second coming of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so now we are seeing here these four beasts that represent these medals that we looked at and give us more details on on the history now this is Decades after Daniel chapter 2. Mm. Um, and so this is specially given to Daniel and God's people while in Daniel 2 it was given to the the king and kind of to say, hey, there is a God who knows the future. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at some of the details that are very important for us even today. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you want me to go into detail. Well, let's here, but... actually
0: go, let's go a little deeper as we as we read into it. Sure. Chapter 2 and chapter 7 are, are parallels. It's yes. a nice sandwich and 3 and 6 are parallels and 4 and 5 are parallels. And you see that, as you mentioned, it's kind of like you're zooming in to, mm-hmm. to a, a map that's right you know, more details are popping up yeah. we know that uh the head of gold is secured as babylon and just fell into place and we see here the same patterns are happening but we we'll see a lot more detail to confirm these four kingdoms mm-hmm. so let's actually look at the first there and just without without spending too much time but i think we need sure. to to touch on it verse four mm-hmm. the first was like a lion had eagle's wings i watched those wings were plucked off Um, And this was the kingdom of Babylon.
3: Babylon. Babylon. This is the experience of Nebuchadnezzar who, who, you know, in chapter 4 was made like a beast, but then... he returned, God gave him his mind back and he became like a man. Yes. Heart was given to him. Mm-hmm. Then the second beast, it's raised up on one side and has three ribs in the mouth. This represents the Medo Persian Empire, which was a dual empire, mm-hmm. the Persian Empire actually being bigger than the Medium Persian. Uh, so medium it's kind of like the one side. The lopsided being here. Raised and up. And three ribs representing the three kingdoms it destroyed um, to become this powerful kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then it m- moves on to in verse 6 here, there was another like a leopard which is Greece, a Mm -hmm. kingdom that is like a leopard, very fast. It has four wings. I mean, it's basically flying Mm -hmm. and it's taking uh, control of the whole known world. But then it says... Allusions uh, to Greece with Alexander. Alexander the Great within 10 years conquering, I mean, Asia, Europe, Mm -hmm. uh, and and Middle East and so on. Powerful uh, there. But then it's his four heads. And we know that the Greek empire um, after Alexander died split up into four four yeah. smaller kingdoms. Yeah, so some
0: of you maybe if you're seeing this for the first time you're like man this is a lot of intricate detail and whatnot but this is very clearly found in the in the history textbooks and these details actually come back later on again in mm-hmm. chapter 8 and chapter 11 and it, it, pl- it plays a part it confirms what mm-hmm. happened in history. So yeah, we are geeking out a little bit but these are things that really happened in history that even secular scholars are saying hey this is pretty cool that it all fits together. Mm-hmm. Now for uh the first spiritual meat we want to identify what's going in chapter seven and eight. We'll like slow down a little bit here. So you have this fourth beast um, uh, that is this is Rome that we talked about with the mm-hmm. the 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 the, uh, the, the iron mm-hmm. very interesting that it mentions as iron teeth here yep. it was devouring and breaking pieces same language as in Daniel chapter two mm-hmm. uh, trampling the residue with its feet it was different from all the other beasts that we fought and it had ten horns mm. so kind of allusion to the ten toes even though ten toes weren't mentioned but you can see okay we'll give it to you Sebastian you're not on this episode <laughs> but we still love you and uh, you're wrong but we still love you. Verse 8, uh, I was considering the horns. And this is where um, we we're zooming in here a lot. A focal point is happening here. Now, 8, I was considering the horns this is a 10. There was, there was another horn, a little one coming up among them, whom before the three of the first horns are plucked out by the roots. Mm-hmm. And there in this horn were like eyes, like eyes, a man and a mouth speaking pompous words. Mm. So what, what is, what, what are the horns here? And what are the three that are coming out? What are the illusions there?
1: See. I mean, we, we already established this fourth beast in the sequence is Rome. Yes. Um, and when Rome, well, Rome wasn't overthrown, Rome mm-hmm. was divided, right? Mm-hmm. And it was divided actually into 10 kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um, The the 10 tribes that took over after Rome broke up. Mm -hmm. And it says there was this one little horn that comes up. So he's taking a closer look at these kingdoms. Mm -hmm. And there's one, it seems, that comes up from among them. So whatever this kingdom is, it happened in Europe. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen outside of Europe. Uh, in,
0: a huge important thing. Yeah, not so in this, Africa. It this was not. It's coming or... up amongst the ten horns. Right.
1: Not. So again,
0: uh, I uh, mentioned this the last time, but I'm going to mention it again. I was watching a late night TV show. I was jet lagged. I couldn't go to bed and watch Bible prophecy show, and it was like this, you know local access television of the of this of this of this preacher. And he said, Hey, there are his four beasts where well, you have the lion come out. Well clearly the lion
1: is China.
0: Uh, England. Because oh. England had all these lions coming out. And then you had There's the the bear. Oh, yeah, right, and right. and who was the bear? Russia. well it's mother russia because oh, yeah. you know <laughs> russia and then you have leopard who is the leopard you know too well, <laughs> well what was leopard this is this is africa okay, right yeah. you know seekus people are, are rising up i know africa is leopard. not a country it's a continent <laughs> but you have all the leopards well. all live in an africa and then you have this this uh this beast that That's no one and clearly and this is. is australia and so this guy this guy is using these trims like clearly it is and you're all waiting for it australia and so out of australia will come out you know a horn which is clearly indication of a kangaroo or a dingo <laughs> or a platypus or some kind of you know marsupial Koala. i mean it yeah. gets really really crazy but when you root it in history mm. and root it with different pa- prophecies with scripture mm-hmm. uh you need find this not to be a ridiculous interpretation yeah. um so, yeah Israel.
2: well yeah the, what, what the the fourth beast which, which by the way we get we get caught up with the beast thing right, right? And we have to realize that these beasts are simply, you know, they're they're like mascots, they're representations, they're animals. But when we use beasts in today's kind of language, it kind of sounds like demeaning. But in reality, it's just identifying four just different kinds of yeah animals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when we get into when we get into verse uh, seven, it says that in verse seven, there's a transition that takes place. This beast or this kingdom is different from the rest of the kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And we're going to begin to see a transition that takes place from political kingdoms to now a representation of a kingdom that is very different. It's mm-hmm. not just political, but it's also religious in its mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. And so it begins to make this transition that takes place from political kingdoms to a religio-political kingdom mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that will also be established later on. Yeah.
0: We see there in the verse, at the verse eight, at the end of verse eight, mm-hmm. there in this horn were eyes like an eyes of a man. Mm-hmm. And a male speaking pompous words. So this little thing is, is speaking it up uh, like as if it were, you know, something. Um, okay, let's go to verse 25 and see um, other other parallels there. Uh, let's pick up from verse 24. And who can you read those verses for us? 24 and 25.
1: The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Mm. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. Mm -hmm. Okay,
0: what can we extrapolate from those verses? Jonathan?
3: Well, we'll see that there's definitely a change uh, in, in what's going on with these beasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel is very troubled, not by the other beasts. He's very troubled about this little horn power. Yeah. And so the angel is explaining a little more detail on this. He's zooming in even more. Yeah. And he's giving us here a, a, some interesting facts. Okay, what is going on with this power? It shall arise from the other kingdom. Okay, it shall be different. All right, it's different. Mm-hmm. It shall subdue three kings. So we are looking at a power inside of Europe. It has subdued three other kingdoms. But then we have this in verse twenty-five: He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. So this is somewhat of this religion coming into play yeah. now. This is speaking against God, yeah. persecuting followers of God, yeah. the saints of the Most High, changing times and law. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a religious connotation here that cannot be overlooked. Mm-hmm. And so, and then this says the saints—that's the true believers, the true followers of God and His Word—shall mm-hmm. be given into His hand for a time, times and half time. So for a certain period of time. Um, people will be persecuted for their faithfulness to God by this religious uh, political power that comes out of after Rome Somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, in Bible prophecy, time, times, and t- half a time is is one year, is two years, and a half a year. You combine those three and a half years, mm-hmm. one thousand two hundred and sixty days. Well, the calculations are it's, it's it's a it's a rule that you find, and then you see this this entity is in power for thousand two hundred and sixty years. Mm-hmm. What is this power? What is this power that emerges out of Europe? What is this power that conquers and and and, and says all these things against God? We'll tell you after the break. Hey, welcome back friends. We are we've been talking to break about a lot of different things. And hope maybe you've been back at home watching this wherever you are and you're in suspense. Who is this power in Daniel chapter seven? And so I wanna ask you, who is this power in Daniel seven? It's so specific mm-hmm. uh about identifying what this power is. Yeah. Who is it?
3: Well, everyone's looking at me, so I will answer I this question. I was <laughs> Oh, well, we'll let's ahead, look at Siku. Okay. Um, so as I said earlier, um, the, the different qu- uh, qualifications here are very clear. It is in Europe. It is coming right after Rome. When we compare and keep in mind that there's uh, to Daniel 2 and in Daniel 7, it talks about the iron still being it. So it, there's Roman influence. Yes. It is a religious power. It is over f-
0: political components and religious components together.
3: Exactly, yes. it speaks against the Most High. It it it, it, it persecutes uh, uh, Christians. Uh, this, um, when you look at history here, is very clearly the system of the Roman the Roman Catholic Church system. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Now, With its popes and so on. should be That should freak some people out. Yes. And so mm-hmm. here we are on inverse. we we'll are let you know that the little horn power is this, this superpower as opposed to do stu- all these things against God is the Roman Catholic Church system. And that freaks some people out. Let me ask you this. What should be our reaction to this? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I mean, for one thing, when you think about the Roman Catholic Church and back when the Roman Catholic Church started, Pretty much represented Christendom, yes. so to speak. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when we think oh, the Roman Catholic Church, we're like, oh, them Roman Catholic, you know, them Roman Catholics. Yes. But back then, pretty much all of Christianity was encapsulated yes. in the Roman Catholic Church. Yes. So this is our heritage, you know, as Christians. And this isn't some so.
0: denominational uh, mm-hmm. calling out. Again, if you're out there and you may be of the Roman Catholic faith, this is not a den- de- denigration of the faith or your tradition or whatnot. We're not saying that these people are not going to be saved or whatnot. But historically speaking, this is the system that emerges, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we're not here to attack, but what is the angle that, that Daniel's trying to portray here? Well, yeah.
2: There's. First of all, I think the main thing that 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 sticks out to me is that God predicted the dangers of religion. Yes. And so we talked about, um, you know. We've talked about over and over and over again the trustworthiness of God. And in today's society, today's generation, religion has hurt a lot of people. And people think like, oh, because religion hurt me, then therefore I'm I'm not going to trust God or I'm not going to surrender my life to him. Well, God himself talks about the dangers of religion. Religion is most dangerous when it combines with politics. Mm. Politics and religion are never to be mixed. Mm -hmm. And so what has happened here is that Rome, uh, you know... Through, throughout the course of history, there's there's a thirst for power. Nebuchadnezzar had a thirst for power, and so did all the succeeding uh, uh, successive kingdoms. kingdoms. And kingdoms. And nations, yes. Now there's a there comes a point in time when you cannot receive power politically, yes. and so religious power will then take over. And so you have you have a situation here that there is there's an element of. Of, there's a power in religion in that can, in that it can accomplish something yes. that strength, physical strength or political strength cannot accomplish. Yes, mm-hmm. and so we have to be aware of the fact that Satan would try to hijack religion, mm-hmm. yes. and he hijacks it by combining religion with politics. And by it's this tactic
0: religion. that God says, "Hey, I'm predicting it's going to happen in the future, and so that, that you're not blindsided right. when it does happen. Right. It's no
2: shock that to you're me. not discouraged." Yeah. By it.
1: And and just just to go with that, the fact that God. God isn't pointing to some other... Uh, religion yes. out there. He's talking about Christianity. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty incredible. You know, Jesus comes and Christianity is born through the ministry of Christ, yes. that God himself, when he talks about the dangers of religion, he's talking about the people who are supposed to be representations of yes. on earth. Yes. And he says, even that group gets corrupted by this desire mm-hmm. to change people through external force instead of trusting the transformative power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in the yes. life mm-hmm. of a person. And so for God to do that, I mean, firstly, it's very, um, he makes himself vulnerable, right? And then on top of that, he can. I feel like he can resonate with the people who have been hurt yes you know by religion or you know by people manipulating spiritual power in order to get mm-hmm. their own way
0: Yes oh my takeaway from what you're saying is that if we believe that you know this is not a denominational game this is a this is a warning just uh, as much as to us as with anyone any any yes. denomination the, the danger of power uh, uh, combining with uh, The danger of religious power and a political power. Mm -hmm. Religious power is powerful because the God uh, in it is the one who's changing our hearts, changing our lives. Mm But if we don't believe that power, there are some entities that use a state power of coercion, taxation, the death penalty or whatnot to move people to change. Mm -hmm. And that's the danger that we see all throughout uh, democracies and different nations around the world when you use state power to change people's hearts. Mm -hmm. And that's the danger of the Roman Catholic Church and a warning to any other denomination from that point on. And
3: that kind of thinking really stems from um, our sinful human hearts because we all, in a way, in principle, do this ourselves yes, yes. Uh, we want e- either ourselves or others to be changed and so we try to find ways to make it happen without trusting in the grace of Christ to, to, to actually transform it because yes. only he can yes, yes, yes so yes. We, we look at methods we look at other ways to force or or manipulate when in reality what we need to do is go on our knees so yeah. what God is pointing out here he's not saying, oh look at all these Catholics he's saying there's a system here there's a way of thinking of doing things mm-hmm. in the church. That is not right. Yes. That doesn't go along with the, the gospel of grace, the gospel of peace, the gospel of Christ. Yes. And so he's warning us uh, ahead before it even happens. And he is pointing to a system that is corrupt, not an, uh, the people. He's saying, the people, we all need Christ. Yes. But he's saying there is a way of doing things. And Jesus, I mean, he showed us the gospel way. Um, and if you let humans take control of this instead of trusting in Christ, it will be corrupted this mm-hmm. is what we say playing out. I,
0: I, let me share this i love uh, when i see the picture of people's faces when i'm sitting with them at an airport or mm-hmm. whatever and they say hey what do you do oh well I'm a, I'm a pastor i'm a minister and they say well i believe that religion has has corrupted everything and there's evil people there i'm like you know what i agree and the bible predicted it would happen you mm-hmm. need to be a student of bible prophecy because god knew it and he mm-hmm. told us it would happen so that you would not feel the way you are mm-hmm. and they just have this like you know, not calculating, recalculating, and just doesn't, I don't know how to work. Uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, this is a prophecy not to show what's going to happen in the future and to freak us out, mm-hmm. but to reassure us that God is still in control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Another thing that we ha- also have to stress here is the fact that this is not. This is not something that is, uh, exclusively happening in, in, in the book of Daniel. Mm. When you look at the book of Revelation, you actually have over and over and over again yes. what God predicts. Yes. What's going to happen, happen with the seven churches of Asia Minor, right? Mm-hmm. He says, look, you, I have a problem with you, Church of Ephesus. You know, yes. I have, uh, you've lost your first love. And so God is always in, 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 uh, interested in calling out the sins of the church. Mm-hmm. Why is God so interested in calling out the sins of the church? Unless a person is aware of of who they are. Mm -hmm. Unless a person is aware of their sinful condition, unless a person is aware or a church system or a group of people are aware of where they're headed, there's no need for Christ. Mm -hmm. And so what Christ is saying is, it's in your best interest as a human being. Mm -hmm. It's in your best interest to know Mm -hmm. the critical uh, nature of your condition because if you do not know it you're never going to come to me mm-hmm. and this is this is why we have bible prophecy this is why god pinpoints whether it's a church whether it's a church system mm. or whether it's an individual And you read the bible when i read the bible how many times have you sat reading the bible and said oh snap he's he's talking about me right. Like, why is god dealing with me so harshly right. because your situation is so critical that unless you repent Mm-hmm. You're not going to come to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this: Let's say uh, there there are uh, brother and sister Roman Catholics who are watching out there. I went to a Roman Catholic high school. Beloved people, they are. Sure. Many people love Jesus more than than I know in other denominations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how do we how do we talk to them? How do we? I mean, we even struggle to talk about it even amongst this circle. How do we right. do it? And we just did it. Uh, <laughs> how do we? What, what's what are some practical tips on mm-hmm. those who may be students of Bible prophecy? Yeah. Uh, In a loving way, and we know there are many ways how to do it in an unloving way. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Uh, help us out here.
1: I mean, uh, for 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 one thing, we've talking about pointing out that this is talking about the system in the Roman Catholic Church. Yes. Um, Well, the Bible is clear. You know, it gives all these different indications of what you're looking for, and when you look through history, it's incontrovertible. You know, and um, just being honest and willing to receive what the Word of God is Mm -hmm. revealing. And like we've already been talking about, the reason why God does this for us is because He loves us and He doesn't want us to be part of a system that is corrupt. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important in the manner in which we present things is the way that we approach it in our own minds and in our own hearts. Mm. If I feel like, oh, well, that's them, and so I'm excluded from that problem, Mm -hmm. then there's already a problem. Because Mm -hmm. what this is saying is that you think that you can speak pompous words against the Most High? You find yourself elevated above God Himself, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be Roman Catholic to feel that way. Right. You know, you don't right. have to. You don't have to be a certain, you know, religious number. You could be in quote the right church, whatever that means to you. But if you have these char- these attributes, these, mm-hmm. this perversion of religion, then you're part of the group that is being spoken of mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So having a realization that, you know, you could be quote wrong. When you're feeling like you're in the right. Mm. Okay, Jonathan and Israel.
3: Yeah, I remember uh, I was giving a Bible study to uh, a Roman Catholic Church uh, lady, Mm -hmm. and she had a very hard time with this. And what I realized was it's important that we, and this is not just for Catholics, this is for anybody. For for me, we we have to acknowledge everyone's uh, personal experience with God and how the Holy Spirit is working in their lives. We are all seekers, all right? Mm -hmm. If you're sincere about your faith, you're a seeker, and God wants to guide your life. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point where truth has to be spoken and truth has to be presented and accepted. So uh, while not disqualifying someone's personal faith and experience with Christ, um, our personal experience always has to be informed by the truth. The truth is above me. Uh, The truth is above my feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I see it packaged in the package of the gospel... I think that is very important. When we see that righteousness is by faith, that grace is a gift from God, Mm -hmm. and that is a beautiful uh, way to understand these prophecies and truth. And that way, when I see the love of Christ for me through the Bible and through prophecy, then I can accept these things because God means it well. As you said, He wants to heal you. He's trying Mm -hmm. to wake you up to heal you. And so I'm thankful that God uh, packages it in this way uh, throughout whole of Scripture, and this is the way we need to relate it to others mm-hmm. as well.
2: Mm-hmm. I think we have to also remember the fact that, I mean, as 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 you know, I'm I'm from uh, I'm I'm, uh, I'm Hispanic, I'm from Hispanic descent, and so uh, <laughs> and so. Um, And so so there's a lot of there's a lot of deep Catholic roots in
0: in, In right into the the, 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 cultures. Yes, yes, yes. And
2: so and I actually have one of my uncles is actually a Catholic priest. Mm. So There's a lot of family that I have that is Catholic and a lot of friends that I have who are Mm. Catholics. Now, it's important for us to understand also the fact that the the system of Catholicism is simply an institutionalization of myself. Mm. Right. In yeah. other words, it's, it's, it, we're institutionalizing the idea that I can I save think, myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're institutionalizing the, the idea that I am a representative of God. I am God on earth. And this is what the pompous words are. It's mm-hmm. just this declaration, this wild declaration that a human being can take the place of God. Mm-hmm. Or this wild declaration that a human being can, can have a word that is more significant, powerful than the word of God. Mm-hmm. These are, this is, it institutionalizes this kind of doctrine. But this doctrine, we have to understand that it resonates with every human being. Right. It resonates within my heart. Because many times I have these very same thoughts and feelings that, oh, God, I don't need you for this. Or, God, I, can, I have a little bit of righteousness within me that you can work with. Or that, so, yeah, the Word of God is true, but not in every situation. Mm. In, in some situations, I have to take control of my, own, of my own experience or my word is better than your word. Mm-hmm. And so we have to understand that the system has been established historically through a human instrumentality of of, of a desire for power that exists, bottom line, it exists in the heart of every single human being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, We have looked at Bible prophecy here and we're looking at Daniel chapter 7 and we've unveiled a new superpower that has becoming a major uh, role, a character in, in last day events. And maybe you've heard this for the first time. We're going to encourage you to continue your study in the Bible. Or maybe you've heard this for the, the billionth time and you fulfill the call that God has given us to reveal this truth to others. But this is not a pointing out of another denomination. It is pointing out the, the sinfulness of our own hearts and humanity. It makes me want to just come to the, the grace of God and say Lord, mm. heal me of my own selfishness. <laughs> Hopefully, it's been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to us. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. universe.
1: This is inverse.